The Ref Radio Sports Network is powered statewide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. Live statewide on the Ref Radio Sports Network, it's the T-Row in the Morning Show with the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland and T.J. Perry. Hit up the guys on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at 405-651-3439 or sound off on the Riverwind Casino call-in line at 405-329-9000. Now, live from the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios, it's the T-Row in the Morning Show with Toby Rowland and T.J. Perry. I'm a light. I'm a beacon of light. Hour two, T-Row in the Morning Show. It is... uh, 8 o'clock here in the Eastern Time Zone, 7 o'clock back there in uh, Oklahoma. Thursday, June 1, Women's College World Series opening day today in Oklahoma City. Sooners in Stanford at 1.30. That's the second game of the day. Here's your schedule. 11 a.m., Tennessee and Alabama. Sooners in Cardinal at 1.30. 6 o'clock, OSU, Florida State. 8.30 tonight, Washington and Utah. Let me see, TJ. I just got an updated weather from Dr. Clay, so let me see what he's saying about the weather there today. Doo, doo, doo. It's looking, uh, I think, a bit spotty. We'll see. <laughs> okay, based on location of overnight morning showers, we likely have three windows of weather risk today. One, very widely rain-scattered showers with an isolated lightning risk from midday through mid-afternoon. Two, Rain showers and lightning storms with heavy rain become a bit more numerous from 4 to 8 p.m. Three, although entirely dependent on location and strength of earlier storms, a wave of more continuous heavy rain and lightning storms may arrive in the 9 to 10 p.m. time frame and last for a couple of hours. There is low confidence in this third batch because so much rides on earlier storm occurrence. But should it occur, you would be looking at a significant multi-hour delay in Game 4. Otherwise, warm, humid 80s with a south wind at 10 to 15, gusting to 20. How about that weather report today? Man. He's all over it, man. Dr. K right there. Oh, man, Teach. Uh, one thing, just back to wrap up your story about Mr. OU coming to the uh, Bananas game last night, the doubleheader. Mm-hmm. Uh, little known fact. Pixie sticks in his CPAP machine at night when he sleeps. <laughs> he's got he's got something Red Bull. I think he's got Red Bull and Pixie sticks. Yeah, that's one of the things that gives him so much energy. He, so. he did say, "I know this is a double header, but I've been at work since four. I got to get up at four. I, I'm mm. not going to make the second game. I do, dude. Go home. He warns you. Sleep. Yeah, he goes. I got to go get some sleep. <laughs> so he bailed after game one. Perfectly he went home acceptable. perfectly acceptable. He went home to get some sleep, which he needed to do, yes. Uh, two, and I sent you this photo last night. What a treat it was for the fellas when they got to Charlottesville last night. Jim Traber, actually the bus driver here for us this week. Uh, nobody knew that was going to be the case until we got here. I mean, this dude is the spitting image even down to the sunglasses it was, of Jim Traber. Like when you sent it and said that, I did like a double take and said, <laughs> is he there with them and really – a?" Like a licensed bus driver? Like, it looks just like him, Even man. when you see him wearing his sunglasses around on uh, game day and stuff, it's 
It's creepy. It looks so much like Eve. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What? Well, it's just in the face. Not I, in I was the laughing rest of the too, body. imagining you trying to take a picture of this guy in his reflection of his rearview mirror without him seeing you well, take the picture. So I had, I had seen the the bus driver, but it didn't like, it didn't dawn on me until I sat down, and then I was, you know, I was like in the second row there, and I looked up and I could see his face in the mirror, and I was like, is that Traper? I was like, he looks exactly like Traber. <laughs> what a thrill for the kids. You can only imagine, TJ, former major leaguer and everything, uh, familiar with the East Coast here. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Very nice of him to probably uh, talk to, uh, to Spike about how to break in a glove, you know. Big OU baseball yeah. fan. Yeah, yeah, if anybody has <laughs> breaks a glove and has to break in a new one while they're here, he's all over it. Uh, kickoff times announced yesterday for, what was it, four, four OU games? Four games, yeah. Four okay, games I and th- what we knew really kind of with the conference title game is typically 11. but That was announced too yesterday? Yes, yes. Uh, okay. Well, hopefully we're in that this year. That'd be great. Um, so the Arkansas State game, the season opener, 11 a.m., right? That's correct. September 2nd, Arkansas State, 11 a.m., then the second game, which is SMU, 5 p.m. That's that the is plus the game. ESPN Plus game. 5 p.m. is an interesting time, isn't it? I That's the first thing I said to Drake. I go, why not 6? Like, it's on plus. You can kind of control it. Like, 5? Like, I uh-huh. found that a little weird. I don't rem- I don't ever remember a game starting at 5 o'clock. I, I don't either. I mean, if it, I'm sure it probably has, but I just I don't remember it. Uh, Tulsa game three at Chapman Stadium, two thirty, and then the final game, the Black Friday matchup with TCU in Norman, eleven a.m. And in my mentions, that's the one that attracted the most attention. Uh, not, not that anybody's ever happy about an eleven a.m. game, but an eleven a.m. Friday game. On Black Friday, uh, had some people riled up yesterday. Is that the uh, reaction we got around there? Around here, yes. And oh, well, it was both. The Arkansas State game to get did two with people wondering why that. I guess because it was the first game, they didn't make that the plus game. But people kind of wondering why on eleven a.m. on that game. And so, you know, even I thought, hmm, I wonder why ESPN put that as an eleven o'clock game because that's a big window. But there must not be early week matchups that were that attractive for them and no use obviously the, the draw there with the name so mm-hmm. um, I, I found that one a little weird too but yeah the Black Friday one people were not happy over um, I don't by particular like um, I mean I across the board people don't want 11 a.m. but what about that game more so than a Saturday game like, are people usually up late on Thanksgiving partying and stuff, or what? What do you um, think? I think uh, I think some of that may be maybe they have plans to travel Thursday and then try to get back for the game Friday, and maybe oh, they're okay. driving back and they thought they that were going to sense. have a little bit of time in the day Friday to I drive see. back. So that's what that I heard sense. from a couple of people that they were going to be out of town with family and they were going to head back that morning, and they thought they would be back for a, a mid-afternoon or a, a prime-time game. So, yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. 
Yeah, if you're not, like, if you're going to be at Grandma's house. Right, right, right. And she lives in uh, Tucumcari. Wherever, yeah. And uh, getting back for 11 a.m. be tough. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Well, I, there, I think there is one misperception out there, and we've tried to warn people about this, you know, ever since we found out about the SEC thing, is that I even saw some of this yesterday. Let's get out of this conference so we can stop playing these 11 a.m. Fox games. Yeah, that there was, are 11 a.m. ESPN games. Uh, 11 a.m. 11, 11 a.m. Uh, uh, ESPN games, and yeah, that was the big. Uh, I don't remember what uh, count somebody tweeted that out. Like, oh sure, last regular season game. Of course, give us an 11 a.m. kickoff. Yeah, <laughs> I do think there'll be fewer. I do think there'll be fewer because Fox is not an option. You know what I mean? Like, there's just now, oh, you could go on ESPN or Fox at 11 a.m. And in the future, Fox will be off the table. Now, you could still do ESPN or ESPN2 or ABC or whatever. But, um, like, the OU Texas game this year is going to be on ABC. So, I mean, there's an 11 a.m. window on ABC as well. Um, but it's still going to happen. It'll happen less, but the SEC plays games at 11 a.m. Now, they also play games at 2.30 in primetime, and I think just by being in that conference, we will have fewer 11 a.m.s and more primetimes, especially, you know, the years that OU's good. Mm -hmm. But they will not go away completely. I mean, it it is a marquee window, not the marquee window, but it is a marquee window coming right out of those morning shows, those game days and everything. And it, we're still going to have some 11 a.m. kickoffs in the future. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Now, continuing with that talk, Texas AD Chris Del Conte, I guess, came out and said he favors, Texas favors, the nine-game SEC schedule. Uh the article I read said OU and Texas are in favor of the nine-game SEC schedule. Yeah. After I asked that the other day, some people texted on the text line. I don't know if we got to them or not, saying, yeah, Joe has been in favor of the nine-game when I asked that if he had, if you could remember what he had said about it. And they said, yeah, he's come out and said nine. So, uh, uh, Apparently, two of the teams that are against it are Arkansas and Kentucky. Uh, in this article, says they they wanted to stay at eight. Uh, there is the possibility, apparently, that they keep it at eight and revisit it in a couple of years after Oklahoma and Texas are in the conference. Um, a couple of thoughts of keeping it to eight are one. I'm not sure we're going to get any more money out of ESPN if we go from eight to nine. So why make it harder on ourselves by playing an extra SEC game? And two, some of these SEC teams that have been playing eight-game schedules, like Oklahoma does, TJ, have scheduled out for the next, you know, 10, 15 years or so and have already got four non-conference games scheduled in the near or medium future. And so they would have to break some contracts or move some games or whatever the case may be 
if now they only had three non-conference games instead of four, and they don't want to have to go through that headache or that expense or whatever the case may be, which that makes some sense. Uh, we'll see where this lands. Oh, OU and Texas are there. They can chime in, I assume. Uh, they're part of the discussion, but they do not have a vote until 2024. So uh, we'll see where this lands. I, I really, I guess, was under the misperception that this was just a, kind of a slam dunk and that part of bringing in OU Texas was now we're going to play nine conference games and, and everybody's going to ha- make more money and everybody and all the conferences now will be playing nine conference games and that just makes a world of sense. But um, – I don't know. Maybe this this obviously is not the slam dunk I thought it was going to be. I'll be a little disappointed if it's eight. I, I think I will be too. And it's it may be sounding like what what you just said that they're just going to say we're all right. We're gonna even if they go to nine, it sounds like they're still just putting either way at a one year window and saying we're going to revisit this in one to two years, and it could change at that point again. So I I. I didn't think it was going to be this difficult or that uh, big of a decision, but it sounds like there's some people fighting against it So on both it, sides. It, it, it's a weird argument mm-hmm. to say to beat your chest, it just means more. Our conference is the best. Our conference is great. But it's so good, we don't really want to play it all that much. You know, like it's uh, that's too well. Much. That would explain the two programs you hear in Arkansas and Kentucky that have had good teams over the last couple of years that are knocking on the door of nine, yeah. ten win seasons. They would like to. They would like one less SEC game, and they might could still schedule a Power Five, but it's not quite an SEC team, so that gets them that extra win. So I understand their thinking on it. I guess, yeah, they're trying to get to bowl games. Right. Right. They're not as worried about getting into a college football playoff. I'm sure they would like to, but that's once in a decade type of a run, and it's harder to get to your six wins or whatever you're trying to get to mm-hmm. if you've got to play nine conference. I get it. Did that sound a little sissy? Oh, it def- no, it definitely yeah. is, yeah. And just- doesn't it sound a little anti-fans? Like, if you put this out to the fans of the SEC, would you rather play eight or nine conference games? Don't you think it's an overwhelming 90-plus percent vote? We want more SEC games. I think without a doubt, especially when you think of that November non-conference game that Alabama usually plays, it is usually (laughs) so terrible. And now he spoke on that a little bit. Nick Nick spoke on that a little bit yesterday in Saban and said that, um, well, we just can't get – we try to schedule Power 5 teams and we can't get them to play us uh, at that point. And so this – he was kind of – he answered it kind of on both sides. He can't get them to come there. Right. He's like, I, we can't get guys not, to play. They have to and, travel. Yeah, they so want to make a home game money. He said the SEC yeah. would probably be better for us because we try to do that and we can't. But, yeah, there's without a doubt some of those non-conference games that fall in November and uh, that time period for them when they do that kind of weird non-con Sanford. there. It's terrible. Yeah. yeah. Whatever the case may be, I mean, yeah. Hopefully we get to nine. Um, 
but I think it's going to be and, and this is a this is a good kind of introduction to I think the difference for Oklahoma and Texas in being in the Big 12 and being in the SEC teach cuz you know let's be honest in the past and being in the Big 12 whatever Oklahoma and Texas wanted is what <laughs> That's what, what we got, got. <laughs> right you know they kind of walked into the metaphorically walked into the Big 12 meetings and said, this is the way it's going to be. And that's the way it was. And that's no longer going to be the case in the SEC. I mean, there's they're, they're one of 16 and for a while might, might be sitting at the little kid's table. You know what I mean? Just from a, hey, you're new here. We'll let you know when we want you to chime in kind of a thing. Um. So we'll see. I, I'll be disappointed though if if they land on eight. Well, hopefully um, they land okay. on something soon and let us know. Either way, well, I agree. And, and for more than just football, like across the board, I'm fascinated to know what all the scheduling's going to look like in baseball, softball, basketball, football. How many games? What's the postseason tournaments? All those kind of things with the 16-team league. they got to figure all that out. And it feels kind of like – and maybe they're working on all that simultaneously, and this is all they talk about. But it kind of feels like they're stuck on 8 or 9. 8 or 9. All right, well, let's meet back here tomorrow and discuss 8 or 9. There's a lot of stuff to figure out more than 8 or 9. So, anyway – um, we'll take some text when we come back. I want to talk some uh, matchup with ECU coming up as well. A couple of interesting things I learned yesterday about the game one opponent for the Sooners. Back after this. The T-Row in the Morning Show is brought to you every day by the Riverwind Casino and Hotel, OKC's number one gaming destination. The one for entertainment. The one for games. The one for fun. Riverwind Casino, simply the best. Toby and TJ back with you. T-Row in the morning show. Good song. Train, who always reminded me as if they were like the evil twin of Counting Crows. Yeah. Cousins. (laughs) Cousins. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Not quite as good, maybe, in my opinion. Right. But this is a good song. No, it is a good song. Black Thunder Roofing, they bring you this hour. Locally operated in Norman and Edmonds, serving Shawnee, Yukon, Mustang, BlackThunderRoofing.com, 405-473-8028, and Angie List Superior Service Award winner four times. Your local roofer, one contractor for all your job. BT-Dub, BT-Dub, BT-Dub. Can I drop something in real fast? Yes. Is it spicy uh, garlic? Probably a Ryan, habanero? Ryan Hibble joining us live at 8.05 this morning. Uh, OU men's golf coach. Breaking news. Yeah, that's right. Breaking news. 8.05 this morning. We're going to talk about last week at Greyhawk. We're going to talk about the future. Uh, he would like to take exception with the fact that uh, Kelly said none of the OU men's teams are any good this year. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 8.05. Okay, go ahead, T.J. Uh, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Man, is Cade Horton mowing down guys left Ooh. and right or what? Dude is just Killing it. Yeah. Uh, man, I got to see this uh, graphic I retweeted last night. What do you have, nine strikeouts last night or something like that? It's a, sports is amazing sometimes when you know a guy is elite, which we knew that about Cade, but it just wasn't clicking for him. Then he went through the injuries, and he was coming back from that and just really grinded and you know had the high ERA, and then it just flips for him. Mm-hmm. And he's just he hasn't slowed down since – 
the end of last May. A career-high nine strikeouts. Uh, Cubs number two prospect, Kate Horton, strikes out a career-high nine batters for the South Bend Cubs. He's in high A right now. He's doing great. Sandlin's doing great. Jake Bennett's doing great. Um, yeah. They're all doing fantastic. Yeah. Mr. OU was uh, talking to Sandlin's mom the other day, said, and she said, I guess he just recently got moved up again. So he's doing great, too, as you said. So um, I hate that it's for Drake's Cubs that Cade Horton is doing this, but well, I'm glad for Cade. You never know who he'll be with when they he actually true. gets he's, to the bigs. A, he'll be an attractive piece to dangle out there if they were to need mm-hmm. something. Although so. they are in, it is likely, I think, with him, he'll be with the Cubs because of where they're at as a franchise right now. Like they're in a rebuilding mode. So unlikely they're going to trade away top prospects. Oh, yeah. He'll but be, you never know. A year and a half, two years, he'll be their, one of their centerpieces. So, sure. yeah, absolutely. Uh, this texture just says, why have you given us? <laughs> I don't know what that's about. <laughs> it's in the 6 o'clock hour at some point. <laughs> TJ, don't put oil in your lungs. I'm not hmm. going to. I'm not going maybe, to. Maybe oil's the wrong word. I, I think there is something here, and what we really need to get the medical professionals together with the uh, scent professionals and make sure that this is done in a healthy manner. But I think there is a market here. I think we've... We have invented something, TJ, that could be very profitable for us. Uh, cor- you could be the, since you're the one that uses a CPAP machine, you will be our test victim. <laughs> no, I'm not going to be a test victim. <laughs> our, uh, what do they say? What's the animal? Our, uh, our uh, what is the, uh, our, uh, not jackrabbit. What is it when you test something out on somebody, TJ? Uh, uh, yeah. Rat. Uh, guinea pig. Uh, uh, guinea pig, yeah. Yeah, poor guinea pigs. You can be our guinea pig here, and we will test out various things and see what makes you sick, what doesn't make you sick, what gives you headaches, what doesn't give you headaches. And eventually we'll land on just the right potion, and then we'll take it to market. It's like all the drug commercials. It's like, I'll never take any of these. Might cause excessive bleeding, could cause death. Yeah. Your brain may explode. Right, right. Well, but it will smell great. I'll never take that. Yeah. Uh, here come the Kelly uh, text on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Okay, Kelly. Eyeball rolling emoji. <laughs> what is she talking about? Kelly did seem to wake up angry today. Like, <laughs> I'm just going to wait for something to get mad about. Someone tell Karen to chill out. <laughs> Be nice, everyone. We don't need Kelly raining on OU baseball's parade on the eve of their 40th NCAA tournament. Go hang out with Pete in Manhattan, sister. <laughs> <laughs> oh no oh kelly 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 um baseball ross says mr ou is one of the best things off the field of play to happen to ou athletics in recent memory he stopped yep. by briefly in his work attire and fired up a group of us at el dell as we were waiting to send off the sooner baseball team yesterday it was much appreciated we loved it mr base uh Baseball Ross and Mrs. Baseball Ross. I think we should, as an athletic department, I don't know what we do for Mr. OU. I have no idea. I don't know if he gets free tickets to events. If he doesn't, he should. Because he is there as more than a fan. He is there as a... 
I mean, uh, mascot's not the right word, TJ. What am I? But, he's but he's super there fan. to work. He's, he's there to work. Yeah. And the uh, when he is at a game of whatever kind, it's better. And uh, so I uh, I hope we take care of him. Uh, he's he's tremendous. Uh, Toby, I thought you did not believe in keeping score. Going back to uh, our score uh, problems yesterday in the baseball game. I don't. I I don't know that I've ever had that stance. I think you have. Have I? Kids should just play the game for fun. We shouldn't even be keeping score. Just give them a yeah, snow cone after not, the game. No, that's not me. That's exactly not me. what you said. Now, I do believe in giving them a snow cone after the game. Sure. If you if you win, you should have a treat after the game. Food. Not brown rice. <laughs> he went. He went. Uh, surprising. He went. Uh, Nine forty-five last night when we got home. Uh, Red Baron French bread pizza, triple meat. So, Woo. and uh, Ruffles spicy barbecue Jason Tatum potato chips. So, spicy barbecue. Uh, yeah, they're delicious. Really? It's spicy. Is this sweet a new barbecue? It's the ones I've told you about before. That Jason Tatum's on the bag. It's his flavor of Ruffles. They're delicious and spicy. Morning, buddy. Good morning, Carter. Hey, did you know? Did you know that I'm friends with our Big Twelve offensive lineman Chris Messner? Well, I'm friends with his wife too, and we went to law school, and she went to Virginia for undergrad. She says you need to go to Monticello. What do you think about the Louisiana Purchase? Have a good day. So much to digest there. <laughs> I wonder, one, I wonder if Chris Messner knows he's friends with Carter. <laughs> that seems like that's maybe the kind of thing that just Carter is throwing out there. Uh, so it was Chris Messner's wife that went to Virginia Law School? Is no, that what she you went, said? He, Carter went to law school with her here. She went to Virginia undergrad for undergrad. Okay, okay, UVA. And she says, I need to go to Monticello. Yes. So we're batting a thousand on. Nobody said don't go go or it was not worth it or, yeah, every single text. I'm a little surprised by that. I mean, mean, it makes me want to go, but, you you know, usually some of these, somebody's going to be, you know, Debbie Downer. I don't go to that. It's overrated or something. But no, we haven't got a single one of those. Um,. And then the last part was, how do I feel about the Louisiana Purchase? <laughs> I think we got a steal. Um, I'm trying to remember the details of what we purchased that for. I want to say right now we could build, uh, we could complete our baseball upgrades, TJ, for around the same price we got the western half of the United States basically for back then. Isn't that amazing? Like, that's not even an exaggeration. Okay, here it is. Um, $15 million. Three cents per acre. $15 million. So, no, for less than we can complete the baseball upgrades at El Del Mitchell Park, TJ, we purchased half of the United States. In 1803. Should have let them keep Louisiana. Well, uh, we were a part of this. 
I'm just saying Louisiana. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> let them have that. We'll take we'll take Arkansas, Oklahoma, Kansas, Colorado. One day they'll have LSU. You can just keep them. <laughs> so uh, we got a steal, I guess. That's how I feel about the Louisiana purchase. Um, way to go. Who was it that uh, was that? Jeff? That was Jefferson. I assume that's why he asked how I feel about it, right? That was Jefferson. I would assume it? so, yeah. Yeah. Way to go. I mean, I'm waiting. that's a heck of a negotiation right there. Break time, 835. We'll be back. The Ref Radio Sports <laughs> Network is powered statewide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. Thursday, June 1, Toby and TJ back with you. 840 here in the Eastern Time Zone. Okay, a couple of uh, OU-ECU notes, uh, Teach. We, we do not yet know starting pitchers. I'm sure we'll find out today. Teams will practice and uh, have media availabilities over at uh, Disharoon Park this afternoon. The assumption is that it's going to be uh, Braden Carmichael for OU and Trey Savage for East Carolina. Savage is their dude. Uh, so that's a bit of a question mark. I guess it depends on how they feel about Oklahoma, whether they're going to throw him in game one or try to save him for game two. You savage 6'4", right-hander, number one prospect in the American Athletic Conference, 95, 96 on the fastball, uh, top, probably top two-round Major League Baseball draft prospect. Um had a little bit of a something that required him. He's a starter, but had required him to miss a little bit of time to where they brought him out of the bullpen the last two times. So in the uh, AAC tournament, he came out of the bullpen. But the second time he came out of the bullpen, he went five and two-thirds innings. So he appears to be ready to roll, and he was dominant. So he appears to be ready to roll again, and the assumption is he'll probably get the ball tomorrow. So hard-throwing right-hander for them, probably. OU, probably Braden Carmichael in game one. Plenty of rest he threw on Thursday in Arlington. Would pitch on Friday here uh, in in Charlottesville, Seaville, Whoville. And uh, here's another reason why I think probably Carmichael or possibly hit, I assume. But I'm looking at the uh, starting lineup for ECU, TJ. Cunningham lefty, Wilcoxon lefty, Starling righty, Barini switch hitter, Moylan lefty, Jenkins Cowart lefty, Novak lefty, Hoover lefty, Makarevich switch hitter. Their normal starting lineup, heavy lefty, six lefties and two switch hitters in it. Now, not that they might not sub somebody, but it is a predominantly, it's like Oklahoma State. It is a predominantly left-handed hitting lineup. So, zero doubt in my mind we're going to see one of the two lefties for OU tomorrow. Um, And probably, I think, you mentioned it yesterday. Getting into the winner's bracket's a big deal, so I think they probably go Carmichael right out of the shoot. And I don't I don't hate the matchup. I'll be honest with you. I don't 
I don't hate uh, – I think ECU is really good. Uh, Yasevich is really good. But one, a lefty against their lineup, I think bodes well for OU potentially. And two, tell me if you agree with this. This Oklahoma team, for whatever reason, has, in my opinion, hit velo better than thumbers. Yes. No, I I definitely agree with that. Like, guys that throw hard, they have been fine. Mm-hmm. Guys that go up there and throw like Carmichael, they just got a bunch of pitches and pitchability is what they call it, and nothing's going to get over 90. They have struggled with. More so, anyway. So, I don't know. On paper, if that's what we got tomorrow, I kind of I kind of dig the matchup. There you heard, heard it, people. T-Row predicting a victory. I know I don't have the splits. I'm eager to see if I can find out what the splits are on ECU lefty versus righty. Uh, I don't know if that's information I'll be privy to or not, but uh, sometimes just because you got a lot of left-handed batters doesn't mean you necessarily hit worse against left-handed pitching. Usually that is the case. Uh, so I'm eager to see if they are – oh, yeah, there's a – you know, there's five points difference between right and left, or if there's 50 points difference between right and left, that's, you know, that's a big deal. So we shall see. We shall see. But, uh, no, I'm not necessarily picking anybody, but uh, considering how lefty dominant their lineup is, oh, you throwing out Carmichael probably, okay, sounds good to me. And uh, this guy's really good. I mean, this savage guy, I'm looking through his starts this year, T.J., uh, struck out 11 against Indiana, 11 with no walks against Missouri State, 11 Ks against George Mason, 13 strikeouts at Houston, Oof. 10 against Cincinnati. So he's got 98 Ks and only 21 walks on the year. Wow. He's he's legit. Like, you know, big-time heater and doesn't walk guys, and this is going to be tough. But – um and I don't know if they'll throw him for sure. You know, I, it could be a situation where they they look at OU and say exactly what, what we just said and say, you know what, I don't know that we – I think we can save you, Savage, for Virginia potentially and throw our number two guy who is a little has a little more pitchability and maybe that will work better for us against the Oklahoma lineup. I, I don't know. Um, but my guess is they're going to come out with their – their dude and do exactly what OU is going to do, which is try to get into the winner's bracket. The other thing that is, um, again, we don't know any of the pitching matchups, but Army has a really good number one pitcher, which I think probably will force Virginia to throw their number one guy. Uh, Connolly Early is his name, who, by the way, used to be at Army. I think he's going to want to pitch against Army, and I think because Army's got such a good number one, maybe they'll force Virginia to throw their number one, which is good news if you're Oklahoma. I don't know this for sure, but that's my hunch. Um, You know, there will be some one seeds out there, TJ, who will save their ace for game two, thinking we can get by with less than our ace in game one. Uh, But I don't don't know that Virginia is going to feel like that's the case, so. We might see all four aces 
tomorrow. But we'll know the answer to that. In fact, we're going to try to have a good and thorough uh, preview show for you tomorrow morning, uh, hoping to get guests, probably play-by-play guys, but at least guests of uh, all of the teams here to give us a good, not just an East Carolina preview, but Virginia and Army as well. All right, we'll take a break. Text messages from you next. Don't forget Ryan Hibble joining us live at the top of the hour. We'll be back. Did you miss one of our shows? Don't beat yourself up, because we've made it easy for you to beat that Ref Army FOMO. Catch up on shows and interviews you might have missed with the Ref Podcast page. Just go to KREF.com and click on the podcast page. Or go check out your favorite podcast provider and search for KREF, the home of Sooner fans. Here for you 24-7, 365 at the KRF Podcast page. Toby and TJ back with you. It is the T-Row in the morning show on the Ref Toby live, getting ready live. for the uh, regional. He will then fly back completely focused and on call the, the softball game series. with Chris Plank and then fly back again. Nope. He is dedicated. Nope. The 7 a.m. hour of the Tiro on the Morning Show brought to you by Black Thunder Roofing. Locally owned and operated out of Norman and Edmond, serving the whole metro area. Roofing, uh, your local roofer. They do it all. A one-stop shop for customers looking for one contractor. BlackThunderRoofing.com, 405-473-8028. You know, I did do a Women's College World Series game a few years back, and I can't for the life of me remember why. You filled in for Plank, right? Yeah. I want to say... Or maybe it was maybe it was pre-Plank. Maybe it was Brinkley. It had to be Brinkley. Was it that long There's ago? There's no way Plank would have. And I, no, it doesn't feel like it was that long well, ago. I was going to say this time period right now, well, he would have already, that would have already happened. I was thinking you filled in for him when his son graduated high school maybe or something was going on with his son in a graduation or something. Plank, remind but that, us. That would have been in May or something like that. That would have been in June. He'll remember. If it was him, he'll remember. And if he doesn't remember, that means it was Brinkley. I think he started in 17 or 18 calling the softball games. Boy, it does not feel like it was that long ago. But I did, I believe it was Oregon. I think we played Oregon in the Women's College World Series. Um, Okay, go ahead, Teach. Sorry. Let's see here. On the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. I've always wondered why people think we won't be playing 11 a.m. in the SEC. It makes sense to have central time zone teams playing at 11 a.m. in an Eastern Conference. Making it Uh, noon for them is what they're meaning by that. Yeah, it just seems like a logical kickoff time. How much of the SEC is in the central versus Eastern time zone? Where does that – let me see where the. Uh, As I say, you'd have to look up the line. Obviously, you know Florida and Georgia and the ones that are South Carolina that, that are over in the eastern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking it up right now. Go ahead and read the te- next text message. I'm gonna. I'm intrigued by. Tiro, I actually prefer more 11 a.m. kickoff games due to my work schedule. I can't see 2:30 or the six or seven due to the fact that I work overnights. Well, I get that. I get that. Um. I've always said this. I prefer 11 on the road. Um, I, I think it's it's good for the team. It's good for all of us. We get home at a decent hour. And, uh, you know, but for home games, 
is bad news. You know, it's bad news for everybody. You don't get to tailgate as long as you don't. For the vendors, you don't get to sell as much. Um, so, yeah, 11 a.m. on the road is always kind of a high five for, for us. Okay, the eastern time zone is on the Georgia-Alabama border and right through Tennessee and Kentucky. So, it looks like – so, teams in the central time zone would be Alabama-Auburn, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, LSU, Arkansas, Missouri, OU, Texas, and Texas A&M. I mean, that's at least half the conference, right? About half. You named a lot of names, yeah. So, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So, ten of the sixteen teams will be in the central time zone. The only the six in the east will be Tennessee, South Carolina, Georgia, Kentucky. Florida, that's only five. Oh, Vandy is also in the Central. So there'll be 10 Central, 6 Eastern. That's interesting. I wouldn't have guessed there's more teams in the Central than in the Eastern. Okay, go ahead, Teach. We've That's fascinating. I'm sure people <laughs> driving into work today. OU Sports, big day coming. Go softball and baseball. Toby, watch out for bees. They'll take you down. Coach T, how's Virginia look? Bees? He's saying watch out for bees, yeah. Are there a lot Buzzing of bees, bees. in I Virginia? I don't know. He's saying to watch out for them. They'll take you down. I got. I don't. I want no piece of bees. Uh, I was attacked when I was a kid mowing by wasps. Ooh. I, Ow. I ended up getting like four or five wasp bites. That was horrendous. So I, got, I want no piece of bees. I wonder if he is asking how the Virginia baseball team looks or the state of Virginia. That's, that's what I was wondering, too. I didn't know if, uh, what you meant there, the program the or the state. The state of Virginia is beautiful. A beautiful rolling hills, trees. Uh, we're right on the edge of the Blue Ridge Mountains. Virginia Tech and UVA are both beautiful campuses. This is a beautiful state. Top of the hour, Ryan Hibble joins us live next.